Welcome to the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. Here, we want to help. And where there's help, there's hope. A short disclaimer, this podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you feel you need treatment, we strongly suggest you visit your physician or go to lifeisbetterwithyouhere.org slash therapist slash for assistance finding a mental health provider. Our topic for today is anger management. Now here's our host, Dr. Childs. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Life is Better with You Here. I'm your host, Dr. Shavana Child. And today, we're going to be talking about anger management. But before we get started, we're going to ground ourselves in some relaxation before we talk about this very explosive emotion. So settle yourself in while I take us through this guided meditation. So close your eyes now. And as I count to three, take a slow, deep breath. Filling your lungs fully. One, two, three. Hold your breath and now exhale with a slight sigh. As you continue to breathe slowly and deeply, imagine that you are lying on a small bed in a large, undecorated room. You lie on your back, covered by several heavy blankets. They stretch from under your chin, down over your body, down to your toes, where they are all tucked under the corners of the mattress. As you relax quietly under the blankets, the top blanket magically peels its corners away from under the mattress and slowly begins to roll off your body. The weight of your body lessens. The next blanket does the same and the next and the next. Your breathing becomes less labor. The weight on your body slowly becomes less and less. The next blanket rolls off and the next and the next. You are now able to move your arms and legs freely. Now you have only one light blanket covering your body. You feel almost no weight on your body, but you discover that the last blanket is not moving by itself. With your limbs newfound freedom, you discover that you can remove the blanket by yourself. You take the blanket in your hands and peel it off of your body, dropping it to the floor atop the rest of the blankets. You swing your legs off the bed, letting your feet touch the warm floor. You rise and walk away from the bed and out of the room. Prepare yourself to return to us here in this room, fully alert and refreshed. When I count to three, you will take a deep breath 
Hold it and breathe out with a slight sigh while gently opening your eyes. Ready? One, two, three. Hold your breath and now exhale with a slight sigh. Open your eyes slowly and let the sight of the room in. Welcome back. I'm hoping that you're feeling very refreshed and ready to discuss our topic today. So today we're going to talk about an emotion that all of us have experienced at one point in time in our life. And it has intensities from very mild to very intense. And it's anger. And anger can be good, bad, or indifferent. And I always say with anger, there's not a problem with being angry. The problem is what you do with the anger. So first, you guys know I love statistics. So we're going to talk about some statistics with anger that we may or may not know. So we're just going to go over a few. So statistically, 8% of people with moderate anger issues are likely to develop significant complications in their lives. Anger can cause a lot of problems in their lives. It can isolate us from people. It can make people not want to be around us. It can damage relationships. Um, approximately 64% of our young people are young people, and that's ages 14 to 21. And this is a delicate time, 14 to 21. We're figuring out who we are. We're very hormonal. The world is changing. We're going from teens to adulthood. It's a big transition. So 64% in that age range experience uncontrolled anger. They don't know how to regulate their emotions and they're transitioning. About 9% of adults in the U.S. have anger issues and are prone to violence at some point. How many of us have seen somebody just erupt? And we have that saying, I went from zero to 10 or I went from zero to 100 real quick. Anger can be just like that, zero to 100, real quick. We're not sure why, but it just happens. And some people will say, I blacked out, or I just saw red, or I saw black, or I don't remember what happened. Anger can be that intense for some people. Around one in five people have experienced an anger problem or have difficulty controlling your anger. So if you're in a room with five people, one of those five people have experienced uncontrolled anger. And guess what? You might be that person. So we're going to take an inventory of our anger. See if we're that person. Or if it's somebody that we know. Anger is considered a primary cause of road accidents with aggressive driving, constituting or consisting 66% of traffic accidents or traffic fatalities. I will admit I am a road rager. How many of us can admit that we get road rage? How many times have we seen on the news that there have been fatalities because people became angry and driving? How many of us have seen the TikTok memes about you should drive in this lane, this lane, and this lane, not in the fast lane. If you're in the fast lane, you need to be passing. If you're in the middle lane, you need to do this. If you're in the slow lane, people get very intense and very angry while they're driving. And we can't take that for granted. You know, people flip each other off. They yell at people. They call names. 
And some people's anger, it takes them there and they follow people home, people get shot, people ram their cars into other people. So 66% of those traffic fatalities are a result of anger. Around 8% of domestic violence are caused by anger. Men are significantly more likely to report concerns with anger than women. And that could be our, our cultural stance. Women are supposed to get angry. They will more likely say that we are hysterical, not angry. And men express their anger more. And it's more tolerated from men than it is from women. Uncontrolled anger can raise the risk of stroke by 50%. I will repeat that. Anger can raise the risk of stroke by 50%. So not only does this take a toll on us mentally and emotionally, there is a physical cost to being angry. Angry outbursts increase the risk of heart attacks and strokes nearly five-fold within two hours of the event. So within two hours of being intensely angry, there is five times the risk of having a heart attack or a stroke. That is very serious. This is an emotion that can literally take you out if you don't control it. Good news, an estimated 30% of people seek professional help due to anger-related problems. And I say that's good news because they're seeking help. Places like Life is Better With You Here, we have tons of therapists. We have tons of resources to help you with anger problems, which is why we're going to talk about anger management. So how do we define anger? There is a psychologist, Dr. Charles Spielberger, and I loved his definition, which is why I'm using this. Um, and he describes anger as an emotional state that varies in intensity from mild irritation because we can be irritated. How many of us get annoyed or irritated and it just trips us a little bit, ticks us off to intense fury and rage? How many of us have felt that we've been in a fury or a rage about something where we are just so hot or we are just so ticked off by a situation an experience, what somebody has said to us, what somebody has done to us, a memory, a trauma, all of those things. And we'll talk about more causes of anger. And primarily anger is caused by two base things. Frustration, not getting what we want, especially if we are expecting to get it. Number one, not getting what we want and we're expecting to get it. We feel cheated, we feel defeated, and we feel wronged. And the feeling that others do not respect us or care how we feel. That feeling of being dismissed, not heard, not listened to, cared for, and just put aside. Those are the two base feelings for anger. Some of the causes, childhood trauma, being bullied, mistreated, bereavement, the loss of something or someone. How many of us have lost a very important person in our life? One of the stages of grief is anger. 
because we're mad that we lost that person. Or if it's grief about a relationship, we're mad that we lost the relationship. We're angry that we lost the job. Abuse. We're angry that we're being abused. Or sometimes the person who's abusing is an angry person. Any trauma, past or present, can cause anger. Why am I going through this? Why did that happen to me? And we felt like we had no choices. Racism, discrimination, gender bias, our LGBT communities, our veterans, that post-traumatic stress disorder, all of those things can bring out anger in us. That feeling of being mistreated, being disrespected. Remember that base thing, not getting what we want when we're expecting it and not feeling respected. Our health and well-being, chronic health issues. When we're sick and we have an illness that is out of our control, we didn't cause it, and we can't cure it, or we're in pain. How many of us have had a toothache and we can't stop it until we get to the dentist? Pain will take you out and it will make you very irritable. And remember, anger is on that intensity from irritation to fury and rage, okay? So any health issue that you feel is out of your control and you can't do anything about it, or maybe it's not your health issue, Maybe it's the health issue of a family member and you wish you could help them. You wish you could make it better. But in reality, there's not much you can do. And that can make us angry because we would do anything in the world to make them. But we can't do anything except be there for them. And for us, they may, that may not be enough. So that can incite anger in us. Um, lack of sleep, exercise, unhealthy lifestyles. Drugs, alcohol, substance abuse, because we're masking something, we're masking a problem, we're masking trauma, we're masking hurt and pain. Anger can come from that too because we feel misunderstood. We feel uncared for. Remember those bases, that frustration of not getting what I want, especially if I'm expecting to get it. Not having a resolution to a problem and not understanding that sometimes there is no resolution to the problem, but not being able to accept that. That's the frustration and the anger can come from that. Childhood bullying, either from our family, friends, social media. It can come from a lot of different places. Some children they think is, can be genetic. The colicky babies, some children are born touchy or irritable. It can be from our families. It can be a learned behavior, just like we can come from a loving family that teaches us loving things. If we come from a chaotic family, we learn chaotic ways of behaving. We learn anger from them. We learn how to respond in angry ways. So if that's what we grow up in, that's how we learn to respond. And thus, it's hard to unlearn it. But we can. And it takes time. Um. Lack of emotional regulation. Anger sometimes can be a go-to emotion. And I discuss this with a lot of clients that deal with anger. Anger is easy because for a lot of people, they know what to do with anger. And anger can be very powerful if you want to get the world off of you. If you want to get people to back up, anger does that real quick. 
Because sometimes in our lives, we find that talking to people, asking people to stop being nice doesn't work in certain situations. But we learned that when I'm angry, people back off real quick. And sometimes we don't know how to be sad. We don't know how to be happy. We don't know what to do with those emotions or we feel uncomfortable with those emotions. But anger, we know what to do with. And it comes so easy. And so anger is the go-to emotion. Whether I'm happy, sad, or whatever, I don't want to deal with that stuff because then I have to feel. Anger lets me skip through the feelings, go straight to the anger, and blow up. And then I'm done because nobody wants to talk to me, nobody wants to deal with me, and I'm okay with that. But it shuts me off from the rest of the world. It damages relationships, and it's a form of self-sabotaging in a lot of ways. And so when we don't self-regulate, we don't know how to deal with our emotions. And anger is the easiest thing to come up because we're frustrated. We're not getting what we want, and we don't know how to ask for it in the appropriate way. Um, again, it keeps people at a distance. And so there is what they call the arousal cycle of anger. And it goes like this. There's the trigger phase. Whatever it is that triggered you, whether it's an argument, a look somebody gave you, some type of event that sets you off, that starts you from that zero and gets you going to 10, 20, 40, 60, and then you're at 100. It's whatever that event is. We get into an argument or we receive some information that shocks us. We didn't expect this information and we feel blindsided. Something we didn't expect and we don't like being blindsided. Instantly we go into anger. We feel threatened at some level and we go into that, we're ready to fight. And then there starts to be this physiological change. That's the next phase, is the escalation phase. Our heart starts beating. You know how it feels when you get angry. We might start sweating. Our voice gets louder, you know, and there's an angry stance. We might start to feel, you know, this physical. We get taller, we stand up, we become intimidating. You know, we have all these physiological changes that happen in us when we become angry. Our blood pressure increases, okay? Our muscles tense up. There's a whole lot that goes into us. Uh, our eyes can even change shape. So this is how anger is so deep. It can change your physical appearance. You ever hear somebody says they came so angry, their eyes went black? Like literally their eyes can change shape. And they the, the look on their face is enough to tell you it's about to go down. Like they're very, very angry. The next phase is the crisis phase. And so this is the fight, flight, or freeze stage. And this is the response. And often they're ready to fight. There probably isn't gonna be a flight. Your judgment is significantly reduced, which means we don't have the capacity to reason through this, to step back and use logic to handle the situation. When we get to this phase, logic decreases, and our judgment decreases and that irrationality comes up. And we know irrationality rarely works in these situations. We don't give the situation the benefit of the doubt. Don't step back and look at, okay, what's going on? What else could this be? 
Why am I so angry? How can this be handled in a better way? All of that goes out the window because we're ready to fight. We're ready to defend ourselves from this thing that we feel threatened by. The next phase is the recovery phase. After we've done some action, whether it's punched them in the face, cussed them out, you know, ranted and raved, yelled, stood up, intimidated them. Now we've done that thing that's made us feel better and now we're starting to recover. Our heart rate comes down, our voice is lowered, our judgment starts to return at this point and we're feeling bad, okay? And then we go into the post-crisis depression phase because now we feel guilty. We feel shame at how we behave. Now the reasoning is kicked in oh my gosh, I should have handled that differently. Now we have to go back. And now sometimes we apologize. Sometimes we apologize because really angry people don't necessarily apologize because they feel validated in what they've done. But for those of us who know that our anger was disproportionate to the situation, there's a lot of shame, there's a lot of guilt, and then there's still anger with ourselves behaving in the way that we so there's a lot of shame anger and guilt for behaving the way we behave and so there's an emotional depression um and so some of the short-term and long-term health detriments to this is headaches digestive problems or GI problems, gastrointestinal problems, insomnia. Anger can mess with your sleep. You may not be sleeping well. You may have problems falling asleep, staying asleep, not sleeping enough, or sometimes sleeping too much, which is a sign of depression. Increased anxiety, depression, high blood pressure, just think all those physical changes we just talked about when you get angry and your body's heaving up, that's increasing your blood pressure. As African-Americans, that's already a significant problem for us is hypertension. We don't need anything else that increases our blood pressure. We can have skin problems like eczema, acne, all of those things. So yes, this gets into our pores. This physically impacts us. Anger is just more than an emotion. It can impact our entire physical being. And again, the heart attack and the stroke. Remember, five-fold within two hours of an event, five times more likely to have a heart attack or stroke. Okay? Poorly managed anger has been linked to alcohol and substance use, crime, emotional and physical abuse, and other violent behaviors. So it's just a downward spiral if it's poorly met. And so that's what anger management is. So you know here, our whole saying is where there is hope, there is help. So how we manage anger is we can do something called cognitive restructuring. And simply put, it's change the way you think about the situation. Be able to take a step back and ask yourself some really good questions. So first, I always think of the Kit Kat commercial. I think it's the Kit Kat commercial where they say, give me a break. And you just take that, take that Kit Kat break. 
just step back, take a deep breath. And that sounds very corny, but it can help you. Take a couple of minutes to think about the situation. Those couple of minutes could save your life and it could save somebody else's life. Okay? Find out what's going on. Be mindful of what we call cognitive distortions. Cognitive distortions are things that we say that can't possibly be true. You ever hear somebody say, nobody's ever there for me. I'm always going to be this way. I never get what I want. Always, never. They're extremes. We can't have extremes. You're never going to be a good person. That's not true. Sometimes we're good, sometimes we're not. Sometimes we'll win, sometimes we won't. But it can't be the case where you'll never win or you'll always lose. Those are cognitive distortions. So when you hear people talking in those terms of always and never, those extremes, that's a little bit of a red flag. And that can lead to anger. When we talk in those terms, we don't give ourselves a chance to be in that middle ground where I might be able to win. I may lose, but I also may win. Okay, so be aware of those cognitive distortions. Understanding the world is not out to get you. Ask yourself, what else is going on here? In any situation, one person can't destroy it and one person can't put it together by themselves. Everybody has accountability. What's your part and what's their part? Not all problems have a solution. It would be great if they did, but not all problems have a solution. And when that is the case, the way you respond to it is going to be key. And you can choose how you respond. Everything doesn't have to be anger. Sometimes there is acceptance. And we have a concept that we call radical acceptance, which means it is what it is. And I'm going to accept that this is how it is. And I get to choose how I respond to this. And your response is going to be healthier for you and healthier for the situation. Take care of yourself and your response. Use humor. It's always good to laugh. Humor is going to be a great way to handle the situation. Other ways you can do this, walk away. Every argument does not need to be had at that moment. Choose to walk away. Delay the discussion until calmer minds prevail. Often when I'm working with couples, I will ask them to choose a cue word or a safety word like sunflower or butterflies. So somebody can be like, you know what? It's a lot of butterflies in the room. That cues the other person like, oh, it's getting a little hot in here. We need to table this for later. Table it for later with a designated time as to when you'll come back and discuss it. We can discuss this in two hours, tomorrow, whenever, but have a time when you will come back and to discuss it so everybody feels heard, everybody feels seen, and we know we're going to try to come back and resolve the issue. So discuss the problem. You can even say, I don't want to discuss this right now. And again, make arrangements to come back to that. Take time to calm yourself. Deep breathe. Go for a walk, de-stress, meditate, 
Remember, I talk about YouTube all the time. Go pop in a five-minute meditation. Bring down your anger. Calm yourself. YouTube is phenomenal. You can go on and find a five-minute guided meditation on anger. It will bring it up for you. Just pop your earbuds in and calm yourself. Save yourself. Save your health. If for nobody else, do it for you. Remember, you're the most important person in your life. Do it for you. Again, ask yourself what this is all about. Analyze the source of your anger. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I so angry? What is triggering me? What else could this be? You know, what's bothering me? What do I want the other person to do or say? Ask for what you want. Understand what it is that you want. Try to determine if your anger is really proportionate to what's going on. Where's your anger out of place? And if it's out of place, again, step back. Because sometimes our anger is valid, but there is still a positive way to express it, even when it's valid. We don't have to yell, scream, throw things. We can still talk about it. Or again, if we can't, let's table it for now. Let's walk away and come back when calmer minds prevail. Um, when we're in physical pain, fatigue, alcohol, drugs, all those other stressors, they lower your threshold for anger. They make anger easier. So calm those things down. Look at other things in your life that, be, that may make it easier for you to become angry. If a lifestyle change is needed, let's make those changes. And remember, this didn't happen overnight, so it doesn't change overnight, but it can change. And you're the number one catalyst for making that change. Again, you're the most important person. In the world. You're the best person to do this work. And you don't have to do it alone. Find a supportive friend or family member who understands. Clergy, spiritual leader, and a therapist. Life is better with you here. We'll help you find that therapist. Okay? Consider whether you have a problem managing your anger. And if you don't know if you have a problem managing your anger, ask a trusted friend or a family member. They'll be honest with you. And allow them to be honest without being angry. You can be irritated. Criticism may not feel good. And for most people who have a problem dealing with anger, criticism makes them angrier. But step back. If you really want to handle the problem, step back and allow that truth. And then go from there. It's there for you. Um, jobs have EAP programs. You have Life is Better with You Here. Talk to your clergy again. Talk to a trusted friend. Also, examine your self-talk. If we have negative self-talk, that's a problem. It's coming from somewhere. This could be childhood stuff. Our childhood traumas could lend to our anger. What has happened to us as a child, through our teens, even in adulthood. We need to examine what we're telling ourselves. We're also going to do a podcast on core beliefs. And we'll examine the self-talk there too. Because our core beliefs could be lending to some of our anger as well. If we feel like we're not good enough, we're not lovable, we're losers. If, we're, if those are the things that we're telling ourselves, no wonder we're angry. And when the world seems to validate what we're saying, we become angrier. 
So let's look at what we're telling ourselves. Our thoughts can cause our anger. Okay. Consider what you say when you're alone. And if you're saying negative things, one of the things I tell people is to challenge your negative thoughts. Write that negative thought down. And then on the other side of the paper, write the opposite of that negative thought. So if your negative thought is, I am unlovable, on the other side, write the facts. I have people that love me. I am lovable. Somebody loves you, even if you're that only person. Do you love you? Regardless of the gradient of how much you love yourself, a little, a lot, you do love yourself. So challenge your negative thought. Always tell people, if you took that thought to court, where's your proof? If you don't have proof and it would get thrown out, it's not a fact. Okay? And I tell people a lot of times, feelings aren't facts. Show me the proof. So challenge your negative thoughts. And if you need help, ask for help. It is here for you. Life is better with you here. It's here for you. Okay? Take steps to solve the problem if there's a solution to the problem. But with anger management, the solution is seeking help. Seek out a good therapist. Seek out a trusted friend, clergy, family, whoever it is that you trust to be with, to help you through this. So my challenge for you is assess the last time you were angry. Was the anger warranted? How could you have responded better to the situation? What will you do better the next time you become angry to have a better outcome? My positive affirmation for you today, I am capable of transforming angry feelings into a learning experience. And remember, regardless of your mental health journey, life is always better with you here. Thank you, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. For more episodes, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and more. We would also like to give gratitude to our sponsors, the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and Global Insight Productions, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this. For more information about our sponsors, please visit ohiospf.org and globalinsightpro.com. For more information about us, visit our website, lifeisbetterwithyouhere.org. We look forward to seeing you next week. And if you have any suggestions for episode topics, please leave us a comment. Also, if you or someone you love is in crisis, please call 988 or text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, to 741-741 for free and confidential support 24-7. And again, thank you.